This is the Amon Green Show on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. All right, welcome back in to Ticket Weeknights. This is the Amon Green Show with the host, as always, Mon Green. DP joining us in studio as well. Before we left the break, and again, you guys can join in if you got your own thoughts. Any Bears fans out there, 402-464-5685. Amon, if you had to go in to that Bears organization yes. and start trying to turn things around, people are saying it's fields, people are saying it's zebra flus, people are saying it's a defense. A lot of questions. Man, it's a lot of places. A lot of questions. Yeah. What are you doing? Man, I've been telling my wife this because she's also a Bears fan. I was like, if I was a coach up there, you know, I would do this, this, and that. Because I already know just not knowing who's exactly coaching other than the head coach, you know, Iberflus, Who did, I'm not clearly on. I could look on. I could look it up, you know, who the DC is, who the OC is, who the running backs coach, linebackers coach, D-line coach, special teams coordinator. I could find all that out just by jumping online. Then it could tell me more. Because I might be looking at former teammates of mine. I know, I think, I'm pretty sure Carlos Polk is up there as the special teams coordinator, mm-hmm. you know, which he's worked for. He was in Tampa for a long time, earned his stripes there, and now it's pretty much about an hour, hour, 45 minutes from his own where he grew up, where he went to high school at in Rockford, Illinois. So to have him on that staff, that's a bonus. I say any times you get a, a well-educated, Former player that also had big time experience from being in a college championship game, high school championship game, NFL level, you know, playoff, Super Bowl, you know, that team won the division. You have players like that had that uh, resume. You're you're adding this extra information and 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 then teaching the kids, the players, exactly what they need to hear and not mess around with. With, with uh, excess garbage of information. Because sometimes, I, as I experienced as a player, I had coaches that maybe played at the low D1 level or D2 level or D3 level, and they were just, they're giving me all this other information just to tell me. I said, oh, you were just trying to tell me that, right? Because I had better coaching here in Lincoln coming <laughs> out, going to Seattle. And by the time I got to what the coach was explaining to me, I'm like, oh, you're just telling me how to not run a route in cover two, just kind of slow down. Why'd you say it? I mean, in my head, I'm like, why'd you, why did he say all that? Just to say this. Like, just get to the point. And so he, that was something I noticed. And so they probably, when I say they, the Bears, because you saw weeks ago, Justin Fields said, even though it was kind of, you know, his not a rookie mistake, but a young player's mistake, mm-hmm. you know, kind of mentioning that it's the coaches, but he elaborated, like we know, they just grabbed the one phrase of him saying, it's the coaches, but he said other things around what was the problem for that team. But what he said, one part is the coaches, one part is on them, the players, and then the ownership is then overall because the Bears have not been really super ultra competitive for a long time. They can, they've been there, but then they fall off. They're right there, they're beating the Packers, and then the next game they look like you know bad news Bears, mm-hmm. the baseball team from little from the movie. So it's just a conscience. It's just a part of getting in that locker room because they got talent. You know, Khalil Herbert. DJ Moore, free agent from Carolina. Yeah, their running game's good. The running game That's is That's not a problem point. on that I mean, they're, they're, they're averaging well over five yards a carry as mm-hmm. a team. Toting the rock. So you're telling me, with Justin Fields, who I watched at Ohio State, who I watched play in the FBS, I'm like, this kid got talent. And he played baseball. So mm-hmm. I got, you know, in my head, I got another Pat Mahomes. Mm-hmm. And he's faster. 
Okay, so you still looking at Justin Fields? You are confident in him. Very being- confident, and being not not this is not my team. I game recognized game. I'm just an athlete paying attention to what I see on the bas on the football field. I do this with basketball. When I watch baseball, when I watch hockey, when I watch rugby, tennis, cricket, I'm like that that dude that girl is an athlete. So if I had to teach them or coach them, I'm gonna have them doing. I'm gonna teach them, show them things that they never probably even thought of that can make them. Their game go from here to like boom, you know. When I, I mean, I had you know pat myself. I said this one, I'll pat myself on the back for when I right before I left uh, Lakeland University. I had one of my players that I had since his sophomore year. When I left, he was a senior, and he wrote me a message right after he found out I was coming here. You know, he didn't like it. You know, we got close, mm-hmm. but he wrote. He said, "Coach," and this is from an esports player, so I know I got something right. Because he wrote in that message to me, he said, Coach, when, before I, before you got here, you know, I would play video games and I was always one of the better players on the team. And I, I knew how to play games. I knew how to get ready, warm up. But you showed me different things about me playing video games and how to prepare and how to, you know, conf- be confident in my game to help me get my game to another level. And this kid was already good before I even, once I took the, once I got on campus and watched him practice, I was like, oh, my God. I'm like, you need to be pro. I've seen pro players do what you do, and you're doing things I haven't seen pro players do. And he just didn't have the confidence in himself. But once I said, look, you're good. You're not. You're humble. That's good. That's even better. Coachable. Because he's helping his teammates around him. you know. And so I taught him little things that I knew that I used as a player in a traditional sense, but transferred it to esports. And he meant, he, he wrote me that message, and I, I got it saved, and I would never delete that message. Because it was like that told me that I understand basically one player development, what I see in a player that needs to help and what they need to get better or just or, or continue to rise. You know, any weaknesses filling in and then making that player understand what they already have. You know that, like I said, he his confidence wasn't super high about himself. But when I watch him play, he would run. I mean, it was like, all right, get out of his way. And he just needed I didn't even have to tell him what the game plans was. He His game plan was to win. And he did that. And so. Releasing him and letting him go, but and also teaching him the understanding of, look, you got to have, number one, I don't care how good of an athlete you are or aren't, but if you don't have confidence in your game, then in key moments when you when the team needs you, when I need you, your teammates need you, it's going to be hard for you to call upon yourself because you don't have the confidence inside you. So one, have that. And confidence ain't cockiness for some people. You know, some people it is. You know, that's It's knowledge. It's, it's knowledge. knowing that whatever's required of me, I, I've, I've practiced. I've done. I've done it. I'm not going to have to do anything in this thing that I've never done before. Yeah, so there's nothing unknown coming to at you when you start the game or when the ball is kicked off or the, the tip off or the first uh, uh, serve in volleyball. You already know who you're going to deal with. You're, you've been watching film. You're preparing yourself. Who's on the other side of the ball or the other side of the screen. You know? And then So that tells me that – so reflecting back now to Chicago, they just tell me they got coaches that are thinking way too much because they got pro level athletes. They just got to tell them, you know, bro, let's, you know what, take all the frills off. Let's get down to the skin and bones of this. We got an offense. We got this quarterback. We got these running back. We got this offensive line. Look what we're averaging per carry. That'll be the first thing I'll say. I'll say, so if we're not running the ball in our first drive, the first three plays, then if I'm an OC, y'all get mad at me. Because in the first three plays of a series of every game, that first three plays, we're going to send a message to that defense saying, yeah, we're running three plays. So even if we don't get the first down, 
we going to punt it, but then the next play, we running it again. So they know we're going to tote the rock because we got the talent. I'm looking at Khalil Helbert. Ever since I watched him a couple years ago when he got on the Chicago roster, he's been a guy picking up no less than four yards of carry. And yeah. he runs with ill intent. He runs like any other uh, uh, I say uh, Chicago running back. Angry. From back, you know, he runs physical. And then the quarterback runs physical when he doesn't have to. He, he, he's running because he can. He has the talent. But then he, I'm like, wait a minute. I said, look, all right, with you – we gonna pick and choose when you hit the when you run because I want you to be feared more with your arm, and they forget about your legs. And then then when it's time to hit them with the legs, then we hit them with the legs. Like you can outrun everybody, and literally DBs, strong free safety don't have a chance because we seen it his you know last year. And so you know, and then talking with the defense, they got you know T.J. Edwards, the linebacker guy. You know they got the guys there. They got pro level talent. Just give them what they need to win. Don't sugarcoat stuff. Don't give them too much information because they're processing. When a player processes too much, that means they're thinking. And I learned that as a young kid up in Seattle um, when I first got here. I remember CC is like, "Hey man, just just play. We'll deal with the errors on film." You know, I heard that from him. I heard that from Coach McCarthy when I got to Green Bay, and or when he came to Green Bay, it's like, "Hey, we'll deal with the mistakes on the film. Go full speed in practice. Don't worry about messing up. We'll correct it. If it's something I can see that's coachable." Don't worry about it. We'll fix that. That's easy. But after that, go be the player that either got that contract that you got or earned that scholarship that you earned. You know, be that player because we need that to then know what we're dealing with in terms of our personnel and players that we can attack a team with offensively, defensively, and special team wise. How do you identify? Like in 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 football, there's an identity to talent and athleticism. Yeah. How do you, in the gaming world, in the esports world, is it the same in identifying? athleticism or talent because the two may not be always connected and the individual sports that are played yeah. may require different things from the, from the athlete. So in esports, it's more of a, it's not obviously athletic means obviously your body actually doing something well, but, but in the esports, there's in the, a, pl so, a place So for in the it. gaming sense, it's the, the hand-eye coordination. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's more mental agility, how quick they are thinking. Yep. How, they, how how quick can they process a scenario? Like I'll sit back and hover behind the players that I coached in in Lakeland, and then a few that I've been able to do now at practices. We not we're soon to get our facility. That's what I'm working. That's my job. Mm -hmm. And once that facility is here, I'm gonna hover behind players. And for the ones I've been able to already, I see when I watch a Call of Duty player, when I watch them playing Halo or watch them play Overwatch 2, um, Rainbow Six Siege or Smash Brothers, watching a Smash Brother player. Here, I've watched a few times. We had community night every Saturday or Sunday in the spring. And watching the better players play, they're hitting buttons. They're doing, they're controlling their players like it's almost their body on the screen. There's like, it's movements, the stuff that they put in together combinations of attacking the other person where, like I said, it look, it would be not only them just hitting the buttons, they're like, they put themselves in that, that character on the screen. So you see that move, you see how that avatar on the screen is moving and making plays and you know hitting shots or whatever in that game they're playing. Same like you would see a kid on a football field or a basketball court or a volleyball court. You'd be like, oh yeah, she's good. I, I just she just did stuff that most of the guys on our team don't know how to do. Guys and girls, you know. So when I see a player, I've seen my Smash players do things. I'm like, I've seen Smash pros do that in a match. I've seen Call of Duty pros do that in a game. 
I've watched Call of Duty matches. I watched Overwatch two pro matches. I'm like, oh, oh, okay, we got they a problem. I want them. You know, <laughs> I want to talk to them. <laughs> I want to. I want to continue to you know develop them, make them become better. And that's what I saw with the kid. Um, his name was Alex. Alex Burgos. I saw with Alex my first year at Lakeland. I was like sitting in the hover, and I was like, and I'm the only coach. There's nobody I could I could I could nudge like, hey, hey look hey, at this. Tell me I'm seeing what I hey, what I think I, I'm seeing. I already, so I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh my god, he's a baller. What do yeah. those players look like? You know, because when you think of sports, you always see players with the raw talent, right? Yeah, but unpolished. What does yeah. that kind of look like in the esports world, where you're seeing players that? I got a few. Okay, well, give me some stories here, because I'm curious yeah. what that would look like. Because if you're, you know, I feel like when you're watching video games, it's kind of easy to tell who's who's winning, and who's not. So the biggest thing about esports players is their biggest weakness is their un, their tilting ability. So getting pissed off, being tilted. So that means they can't handle the emotions. So the raw talent I've had and coached through it was a kid up in Lakeland. I recruited him since a freshman or sophomore at a local high school, Two Rivers High School, right? Just south of me, just north of the campus. And this kid played everything. He played Valorant. He played Overwatch. He played Super Smash Brothers and Rocket League. I ended up recruiting him, recruiting him for Super Smash Brothers. And, but then when he got to campus, he pretty much played all those games. But... Obviously, for time's sake, he couldn't play all those games. He won, trust me, as a competitor and as a gamer, he wanted to be on the Valorant team. He wanted to be on the Overwatch team. He wanted to be the Smash player and the Valorant. And I was like, no, for one, you're a freshman. You need to study and get sleep. So, <laughs> so I appreciate the effort, you know, the want to. You know, those are, so you want players like that where you say, hey, man, back off. You got to back Yeah, but your, you, your personnel management is, like I would think with esports, is a certain level of, of uh, intellectual brilliance that you have to manage on a regular yes, basis. Yes, because the, the, <laughs> the one thing about these esports players, they are super intelligent. Super I'm, smart. I'm dealing with 3.5s uh, and up. Yeah, super and smart. So they're super smart, so I got them. And his freshman year, he was doing what he, you know, he was playing Smash, and then he snuck on to the roster for the Valorant team after I told him not to play. He snuck See, on. He just won his way through. Because one day I left, yeah. I had to leave the facility and, and go home, and and they had a Valorant game, so I was gonna watch it from home on the, you know, on my phone on the computer. And then I find, I'm like listening to the chat, and I hear his voice. I'm like texting the the uh, the captain, I'm like, hey, is so and so there? He's like, uh, yeah, <laughs> like. Don't worry about it. We'll talk tomorrow. Yeah. I, said, I, I, can't, I said, you're already in the game. I can't snatch him right now. Got to deal with it. Got to deal with it. But so so developing him, teaching him, because he would be all into a game, winning, having a good game, and then one thing would tilt him. And then he's he's banging, he's banging on the table. He's he's picking up, slamming the – I'm like, hey, you break it, you bite. Like, slow punch, pump your brakes. So it was about his sophomore year now. And our team, our Valorant team, where and I got him, I got him to understand where you you, you can't play all the games. Right. Let's find the ones that you really like. So I got him down. He did individual. And since Smash was an individual game, he stuck with that. And then for the team game, he went with Valorant. So I was like, yes, okay. So with him and the other kid I was telling you about earlier, mm -hmm. being the captain, those two guys and then other players that were really good, and we got to to play against uh, Carthage University, which is in Racine. Or uh, Kenosha, excuse me, that also had a very good team in the divisional championship in the NECC. And during that, before and during that, you know, during that season and then before that matchup, it was a best of seven. By the way, so real quick, we went through all seven games to get the win. But in the, like the fifth or sixth game of that series, he got to a point where he was kicking the table, 
bashing stuff, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I said, Nick. And I said it loud. Like, I'm like, we're in the game. You know, I was like, and this is, I'm knowing in the back of my head, we cannot lose this kid. He is one of those, he's one of those players I need, that we need, not I need, his teammates need. Got mm-hmm. it. You know, I'm just coaching. I said, like, his teammates need him. So I was like, I said, Nick, and I said it loud, and kind of, I think I don't, it was the last time I, I think it was probably one and only, I, like, I really said it loud. And he's like, what? He, he said right back, what? I'm like, hey, I'm on your side. I need you to calm down. You are there right now. And you know what I'm talking about when I say you are there. Mm-hmm. He said, well, th- nope. Don't even tell me. Don't explain what you think it is. Let it go. Focus on the game right now. Do the basics. Your basics is better than most people's basics. That's all I need you to do for these yeah. next two rounds to get the win. Just focus on that. And we're on the same team. I might be yelling at you, but we're here. And it's for us. It's for us. It's I'm getting you us. to calm down. Yeah, it's for us. And he calmed down. And then along with every, you know, all those other teammates was able to focus better. Because I knew if he didn't get focused right then and there, we might have, he might, we might not have had him. And then we might not have got a win. So it was like the coaching had to, side had to reel him in right there real fast. Yeah, the coaching side's big. Yep. Absolutely. We got to throw it to break here, though. We'll have one more segment on the Amon Green Show. Followed by that, we will have the Don't Punt Hour with the Mornay personnel in the top pop ticket weeknights before we get to replays. The walk on weekly with Sam Hoyberg, Jeff Grace the third. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.